Israel is at war with Hamas, and things are moving quickly. As we record this, at least 900 Israelis have been killed, and there are over 600 dead in Gaza as Israel continues to respond with airstrikes. Yesterday, Hamas upped the ante by threatening to execute hostages if Israel continues to strike Gaza without warning. There's a lot going on in this conflict. It's a lot to keep track of. So starting today, we're going to update this feed daily with what we know. Each episode, I'm going to talk to one of CNN's many reporters covering this conflict up close to unpack what they're seeing on the ground and why it matters. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Rhine. My guest today is CNN international diplomatic editor Nick Robertson. He's covered this region for years, and right after the war broke out, he headed straight to the front lines of the Israeli response. Nick, thanks for joining us. Where are you right now? I'm quite literally in a, in a car at the side of the road about a couple of miles from from Gaza, listening to the explosions at the edge of a town of Starot. Can we just take a step back? For people who have not been following this conflict in this region super closely, can you just lay out the major players here and, and maybe some of the geography? Like when we're talking about Israel and Hamas and Gaza, like what, what does that actually look like? Yeah, I mean, let, let's take a big step back. I mean, Israel is a country that grew as a safe homeland for the Jewish people after the Holocaust, and it's surrounded by real potential enemies, whether it's Bashar al-Assad in, in Syria, or it's Hezbollah in Lebanon, or it's Iran just a couple of countries away that sponsors terrorism inside Israel and, and, and on its borders. And in Israel, you have the Gaza Strip, this long coastal area that was once integral to Israel, but then became fenced off to prevent terrorist attacks just less than a couple of decades ago. Um, And that area itself has sort of become more and more extremist. In Gaza, in that strip by the sea, the most one of the most densely populated areas in the world, two million people living in a tiny area, many of them in refugee camps because they were displaced as Israel grew, displaced from their homelands in other parts of, uh, of what's now Israel. Uh, and a lot of them survive on UN support, on humanitarian aid. So this is an area that is, that is economically weak uh, and is riddled with radical militant, Islamist groups, Hamas, uh, Islamic Jihad. And then you have the West Bank uh, over the other side of Israel that also has real strong militant groups. And this is an area where Israel also faces a huge threat in in, uh, settlements there. Israel is in constant contest with the Palestinians who live in the West Bank and in Gaza and with their neighbors who want to see the Israeli state erased from the map. And this is a challenge that burst through the borders from Hamas at the weekend. But it's not the only challenge that faces Israel. It has many enemies. It has friends, but it has many enemies. Right. That's helpful. So I'm talking to you Monday night, East Coast time. It's about 1 a.m. Tuesday in Israel. It's been just about three days now since Hamas launched its assault. 
So what do the streets look like now? What have you seen? It is really deserted. Uh, and most of the neighborhoods here still have electricity. Some of them are dark because they don't. But what, what you're seeing here is a lot of troop movement. Uh, we just drove into the town here, into the town center. We spent the past couple of days here. You drive into the town center, you see Israeli troops patrolling, and they're nervous because this is one of those towns that Hamas took over at the weekend. And until last night, when we were here last night, they were still Hamas militants on the loose in the town. They, they were being hunted down. Wow. So there are really very serious patrols out there. But they're genuinely concerned. I mean, they're so close to the border. Part of the town is only a mile from the border. They're very concerned about infiltration. But, and that's why the streets are deserted, because most people have, have left. And the other thing you see is you see a lot of troop movements. We've seen several big military convoys go through here. And one of them kind of peeled off, came out of the town and peeled off and went down a dirt track close to us. Another one headed to the Gaza border. Yeah, you hear the explosions out, and if you hear them, but they're, they're going off right at right over the border in Gaza. Um, this is becoming a non-civilian military zone. Right. I was going to ask about those civilians, though, for the people living in these areas that are close to, to all this active you know, troop movement, like you say. What, it, what are they doing? What do their lives look like right now? Kind of one of the amazing things out here is that there are local people who will box up a bunch of food, go to the nearest town that's maybe 25 miles away that's making pizza and buy a bunch of pizzas and they'll come out and they'll stop by every group of soldiers and police officers they see at the side of the road and and, and give them food. This is the way people say thank you and, and, and everyone's in this together here. Uh, a lot of people have been have left by buses. The government's order, organized buses to, to help people get out. But you look at some of the little communities, um, you know, not far from here, uh, a mile or so from here, that Hamas got into at the weekend. In one of them, they killed, these are tiny communities of a few hundred people. In one of those communities, they killed 107 people. Mm. So you ask, where are the civilians? Some of them are dead. I mean, some of the people that should be here are dead. They were killed at the weekend by Hamas. More of my conversation with Nick Robertson after the break. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Tug of War. And so what is the response beyond 
you know, just a constant barrage of rockets back and forth. Like, what is Israel saying to you about what they're going to do about this in the next couple of days? They've said they're going to get rid of Hamas. And Hamas hides out in the civilian population in Gaza, one of the most densely populated areas in the world, two million people. Um, That means when you go after Hamas in Gaza, there are going to be civilian casualties, and there are. And the Qasem Brigades, the military wing of Hamas and the Islamic Jihad, the other terror group there that fires rockets into Israel, they both said, if you keep having airstrikes on Gaza, then we're going to kill some of the hostages we've taken. Hmm. It's really hard to tell exactly what is going to happen, but what the government has said that it will do is going to be very, very tough to do. But a precursor for that will be having a lot more troops deployed in this area. We've seen big groupings of tanks today, big groupings of armored personnel carriers coming in, big groupings of of, uh, uh, artillery equipment coming in that we haven't seen even yesterday. A lot more troops, really, you know, these are real fighting troops with experience, older troops um, in open jeeps, real combat-ready patrols that are out there on the roads that weren't there, definitely weren't there 48 hours ago. A few were there 24 hours ago, and they're there now. So what the government is saying, we're beginning to see a build-up towards that, but it's not going to be easy. And, and, and Hamas has leverage over the government right now because they have, they have the hostages and they're threatening to kill them. Right. Tell me more about that, because that kind of warning from Hamas to execute these hostages and broadcast it on air, that's just not stuff we've seen in recent years, right? It isn't. I mean, typically, Gilad Shalit, uh, they held him, an Israeli soldier, captured. They held him for five years. I believe he was a sergeant. And he was only released in the exchange for a thousand Palestinian prisoners. Wow, Hamas one for had, a thousand. It's an incredible scenario, right? So now they, they're claiming over a hundred prisoners. So what are what are they gonna how long will they hold them and what will they want in exchange for that? And right now what they want in exchange for a life of one of those hostages is not to be bombed, is not to have uh, their infrastructure demolished by mm. airstrikes, which is which is what the government's part of what the government said it's going to do and is, and is executing on. Yeah, that's a lot of leverage. And they will play it tactically and carefully over the long haul. Uh, that's one of those patrols going by that I was talking about. And when you see them as they are there towing, towing a water container behind them and other supplies on a truck, you know they're going out in the field and they're going to they're gonna stay in the field for a while. These guys mm-hmm. are not going to be going to some nice bunk it's house for or show. bed and breakfast. No, they're, they're, they're going out there for real. We have hundreds of civilians that were killed. We have men, women, and children and grandmothers sitting in Gaza in some basement. I interviewed the Israeli Defense Force uh, spokesman, Major Doran Spielman, and He was really super clear. Everyone wants to know how you're going to get the grandmothers and the children and everyone else back from Gaza. What I can tell you is that we're not going to stop until we exhaust every means possible of doing so. He said, look, we'll do absolutely everything to get the hostages back. No one will be left behind. But I think everyone understands that that actually is an 
honourable position to have, but it may be untenable hmm. because delivering on bringing everyone back may be beyond the scope and the reach of Israeli defence forces right now. The other interview that I did yesterday that really struck me was with Dr. Shlomo Gensler, a first responder going out, and he was one of the first into the scenes like that a music festival, the aftermath of there to try to treat survivors. And he's been out to some of the communities here after Hamas pulled out one of the first people in doing triage. And he's a guy that's been, he's a doctor that's been out on, 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 on multiple terrorist uh, events in the past, he said. But nothing prepared him for what he saw, the, the utter brutality, the, the 90-year-old lady who was shot in the chest, the, the, the young people who had their throats cut with knives, the, the young people who were, who were shot with a rocket-propelled grenade. A rocket-propelled grenade is something you blow a hole in a house with. It's not something you use on people. Uh, and just shot in cold-blooded execution. And, and there's a passion to this, whether you're the defense force saying with passion and meaning and intent, that you will do everything, or you're the doctor that's been treating the casualties and you're impacted by it all. Um, th there's, a, there's, a, there's a passion um, here, and it's a passion that's come from the pain of what everyone's witnessed. Nick, thank you so much. Stay safe. Thank you. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by me, David Rind, along with our senior producer, Haley Thomas. Steve Liktai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Special thanks to Mohammed Darwish, Heather Law, Chip Graybo, Anissa Gray, Katie Hinman, and Wendy Brundage. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another update. In the meantime, head over to CNN.com or the CNN app for the latest developments on this story. Talk to you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.